Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Stoke, Smoke the Hornets, Brentford have no respect for history and Gareth Ainsworth has a lovely time. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Wednesday, 22nd of September. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Venetian Abdurraja. And I am the 60-year-old vice president of Suriname. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had my suspicions for a while now. Yeah. I didn't want to say anything on the record in case it came back to bite me. I've actually got a pretty bad back. I feel like a 60-year-old today. Yeah. What have you done? I've done like, nothing. I went on a plane, I hurt a bit. Do you reckon Ronnie Brunswick's got a bad back after his, ex, his uh, exploits? What do you think? Because you've seen the pictures as well. And it looked to me as though he was adopting a kind of player-coach mentality to his performance. I, I, looked, up, I looked up his Wikipedia which he's almost certainly written himself. So, <laughs> so for those who don't know... And uh, where si- have you been? <laughs> yeah, 60-year-old vice president of Suriname, Ronnie Brunswick, played for Inter Mongatapo, uh, the team he owns in the CONCACAF um, League game against Olympia. Right. Um, Do you uh, know the final night. score there? Did they, did they win easily? I can't remember Handily. the final score, but Ronnie Brunswick's um, Wikipedia, which makes a very interesting reading, also now contains a section under footballing career. <laughs> And I'm not going to read the whole thing because he's obviously spent a lot of time on it. Uh, but I will, I, will, I will leave you with this sentence. In the 2021 CONCACAF League 6-0 home loss to Honduran side CD Olympia, Brunswick completed 14 of the 17 passes he attempted. <laughs> was replaced in the second half by his son Damien. A lovely story. Yeah, that is that is very nice. Yeah. Father to son. That yeah. is lovely. No word on whether the son was any better, I guess. No, and and people don't think of the fact that say say for example, Ronnie's picked himself in midfield there. The famous story of Stuart Pierce picking David James to play up front for Man City and how funny that was. No one spares a thought for poor old John Macken, who was a striker unused on the bench in that mm. game. He must be thinking, How bad am I that I'm actually a striker by trade? What's the midfield player for um, Inter Mongatapo thinking when he's not getting a nod ahead of a 60-year-old man? I suppose he's thinking, 
I don't own the club. 60 years and 198 days, to be more specific. So nearer to 61. 61. Yeah. He's, it's a... Into the seventh decade. Strong succession energy to that, isn't it? I, <laughs> I quite like it. Especially the son replacing him. <laughs> the son wanted to start and yeah. he pulled rank. It's great stuff. I'm still hoping for Pep to sub himself on in some well, of the City games. I was going to say, we can all agree that it was marginally more credible than some of the Carabao Cup. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to specify which? <laughs> well, take your pick. They're all there in front of you. Take your pick. Well, I think we should probably focus on the first girl in the Man City 6, Wicked Wanderers yeah. 1. <laughs> all I'm saying is, is it really worse than Akin Fenwell planet the Etihad? For me, it's very similar. Pete's a massive um, Akin Fenwell sceptic, isn't he? He's brave, he's brave yeah. when Adebayo's not around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, said, he said, I'd like to test Adebayo Akin Fenwell's strength by instructing him to throw me through a window <laughs> because he thinks that he might be a bit chubbier than the muscly which I don't agree with by the way I think I've seen that confirm of his top off on telly yeah. and he looks ripped he does yeah he does quite a lot of those you know do some press ups with Akin Fenwar on videos and stuff yeah. like this if you were being thrown through a window by Akin Fenwar yeah. would you want it to be glass that was thin enough that it would smash and you'd just go straight through and you might get a few cuts or would you want it to be reinforced so that you just smacked against the window and it didn't break and you just bounced off it what do you for, think for, it be to be, for it to be an official defenestration Yes. Um, it would have to be either open or you'd have to go through it. So okay. I feel like if I hadn't gone through it, it wouldn't have been a proper effort. It wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't count. Yeah. You know? Oh shit, so you'd have to do it again. Well, it's, like a mis- it's, like a, it's like a missed penalty, ultimately, isn't it? Or if the keeper's gone off his line. Yeah, true. Not, yeah. Not, not, not uh, valid. You'll take? What about you, Vish? I don't know. I, I think I would take the um, kind of bouncing off the... Like obviously putting a dent in the window, but bouncing off it because... Yeah. Could I just say, I'd bloody love to see that. <laughs> I would, I, I, when you were saying that, I kind of drifted off. I started looking at the window outside the studio and thought, that would be blo- excellent. Just the idea of getting cut, that really, uh, that kind of icks me a bit. Yeah. yeah. Just the, you know, the lacerations that you get by being thrown through a window. I'm not, I think, not I think, a fan of that. I think if you're a, if you're a Wickham fan listening to this, you're probably feeling a bit short-changed because they went a goal up, didn't they? Do you reckon? They went a goal up. After 22 minutes? Brandon yeah. Hanlon, congrats, mate. There we go. Do you think you'll feel better now? What a wonderful feeling that was, though. Did you see how like authentically they celebrated? Yes. It was so much different to like a, you know, scoring at the Etihad when they were already three and a lot. You've taken the lead against Man City. Yeah, that's was... a pretty cool thing. Even Hanlon, when he when he runs away to celebrate, runs to the other corner and then realizes all the fans are over there. And when he turns. He realizes no one's chasing him. Everyone's running towards the fans. Yeah. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, and then obviously they got battered. Yeah, yeah. And, and but as Ainsworth says, the first twenty-two minutes were special. What a moment <laughs> for the fans who travelled all this way! Isn't that sad? In the world? I don't want to get too uh, kind of overwrought about it, but isn't that kind of sad because it wasn't that long ago, and everyone in this room is certainly old enough to remember when you'd see that goal by Wickham, and you'd almost be a bit like, "Here we go, here we go." Yeah, I mean, this could be fucking great. And really, there's an, you can't replicate that feeling. You can't fake that feeling. And let's be honest, none of us had it, did we? Well, no, it was... Do you think Gareth Ainsworth gave Pep too much respect? Um, Everyone in football does, don't they? Yeah. No one talks about how weird he is. <laughs> no, it's, it's true, actually, yeah. <laughs> the way Kevin De Bruyne equalised and didn't celebrate. <laughs> it was quite dab- it, it? Just yeah. point to the ground. It was like, don't do that again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, Mares scored just about half time to make it 2-1. And he was just like, yeah, right, but, but, but right, fine. But uh, admittedly, normally... It, if you were going to say you get that kind of feeling now, it'll be when the lower league team is at home and it's in the FA Cup. Mm. You start thinking, here we go. Yeah. But 
you don't, I don't really get that feeling that much now, and it's sad. I think it was because of the earliness of the goal, wasn't it? I mean, if they if if they open the scoring in the second half. No, nah, you want to, thinking, I, I want them to score early. And I want them to defend for their lives for the rest of the game. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there, there is a, there is a glory in that. I want but people I, but I think clearing the ball off a line with a fucking <laughs> dustbin lid. I want, yeah, I want, I want a, a man, with, a defender with a lamppost over his shoulder, spinning it around with a bucket of paint on the end. All I'm saying is that hindsight is a wonderful thing, Luke Moore. And it wasn't like this Football on 22 like minutes that. when when you were ordering a Wickham shirt. Yeah, that's so. true. I have actually had the uh, the uh, dubious pleasure of seeing Wickham several times at Adams Park. Ah, yeah, it's, and it's very very depressing. Oh. Yeah, I've just got this image of people fighting with their lives. Someone with a shard of glass that Dolly's just been thrown through, just <laughs> yeah, waving yeah, in the face it, yeah. of Phil Foden. I told you guys before. I mean, regular listeners will know. So apologies for the repetition. But um, when Portsmouth are really in the doldrums, and Wickham were as well, my friend who's a big Wickham fan, we used to go to the game. We used to call it the death of football derby yeah. and mm. just see and just really revel in quite how bleak it can get. And it turns out very bleak. Yeah, yeah, very bleak. You go, you walk through an industrial estate to stand behind one of the goals at Adams Park on a freezing cold Tuesday night to watch Gary Doherty hammer the ball 100 metres in the air every five minutes. Ginger Pelle. Yeah, you are going to get uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit of existential dread from that. But anyway, well done to Wickham for scoring a goal against Man City they got battered in. City, the most intense team in the history of the world. Have you seen this stuff about how they pick their captain? It's some sort of creepy popularity contest. Yeah, I, I thought, so unnecessary. So unnecessary. Is that why De Bruyne was angry? Because he's now officially the fourth least that's, most popular. So that, that's the fourth what, least. Most, oh, what you fourth, think is the no, least popular no, who gets to be captain? That like, that's be, a fucking hassle. That would be weird. That would be why they haven't won the championship. <laughs> no, fourth most popular, but previous years he's been the second or third oh most popular. Oh my God, why is he dropping off? What's he done? Yeah. I don't know. Well, it's, it's What's his expected popularness? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> expected popularity is much higher than that yeah. across the season. <laughs> we need some American pollster to tell us, mm, don't we? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a really weird situation because do you remember what happened with Raheem Sterling last week and there was a big thing about um, how it was representative of his drop-off at City that he wasn't deemed as a leader. When, and then obviously it comes out later that it is because of this internal vote thing, which isn't necessarily done as a popularity contest. I think, but... It's always going to look that way, isn't it? Or is it yeah. like a strategy contest, maybe more? You know, I don't you've know. Got to, you've got to get your b- voting blocks. Could be a thing. <laughs> look, if you pass to me, like I will, I will pass to you more. Yes. And then obviously, got Ruben yeah. Diaz going around. Like, I will, I won't throw you through this window. Do you, yeah. For me. Do you think it's? A, do you think it's a phrase? I've, I feel, it's, I feel like quite almost a bit kind of churlish saying it because of everything that's been achieved by Pep Guardiola in the game. But to me, he's got, I think, a staff of about fifty. Right, he has. Like yeah, people yeah, talk about Pep being the manager. He's actually a manager of a far greater t- team yeah, than just, yeah, just, just a squad. Is it not yeah. a dereliction of duty for them not to be able to come to that decision themselves? That's kind of what they're supposed to be doing. I know it's supposed to to build camaraderie and gen- generate respect, but I feel like you can't help but by the very nature of of essentially promoting someone, you are relegating someone else. Yeah, so it can cause yeah. a real problem. It's I weird think. that they would have something that's so not a democracy at all, and then sort of try and give it the trappings of a little yeah. a little side democracy. I understand why you. Yeah, I understand why you would give it like give people you know player of the year and you know, team yeah. player of the year and you know, whatever little award things that kind of happens in every football team. But this seems a little bit too serious for me. it's, yeah. it's the kind of thing that doesn't need to be a thing, and it's something to get wrong. Yeah, like there is no advantage. You've to... introduced a variable for no reason. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You're in, and also you're in a situation there where Kevin De Bruyne is thinking, "Oh, okay, I'm suddenly not as popular as I was last year, and these are all the same players." I think there should be written reasons. You should have to submit written yeah. reasons, and that's the only way you can vote. Um, yeah, that would work well. Before we get to Brentford seven Oldham nil, let's make sure we check in on. 
kinky King, King Clancy, who's been discussing the time he delayed an Oasis gig by two hours. That's the kind of power you want to have, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, he's a legend at Man City, so you can understand it. Is that because they he went backstage with the? He was just too interesting, and they and they told so many stories that they didn't they forgot that to go to work. I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. That is actually quite rem- it's quite relevant to the ramble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, apart from the legendary stories. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Brentford enjoying life at the community, then Brentford Community Stadium, pulling apart old 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 Oldham. That does, <laughs> that does not work. I think I'm. I think I've been the Battersea Power Station station. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that's yeah. where my head's at at the moment. Anyway, seven yeah. nil. But what does it matter? Oldham shot from the halfway line on kickoff. I mean, that is an admission of defeat. Yeah, that is showing your hand early, isn't it? <laughs> Clear as it gets. When I when I played football on Saturdays and Sundays. At a very amateur level, if the other team did that, I was just the happiest I could be. Yeah. That's it, they've given up. They've given yeah. up. Why have they done that? But, you know, we've got it in here that, um, you know, fans came down from Oldham for this evening kickoff. And the idea. To see your team do that. I know, yeah. They're already bottom of the football league. <laughs> yeah. Don't get any. What are you laughing at? It doesn't get any worse. Man United fans just laughing in their faces. <laughs> do I just sign Ronaldo? Can, can they... <laughs> Surely anyone can do that, can't they? Yeah. <laughs> what, but let's... Good player. Good Brent... player. Is it, is it going a bit under the radar that Brentford are having an amazing time? Because they've started the league season really well. Obviously, they've been knocking on the door of the Premier League for so long. They did lose in that friendly to Arsenal, though. Oh, true, actually. Behind closed doors friendlies, they've been very poor. And I think we should definitely... Yeah, that's definitely got to be taken into account. But you know, look at the, the front... The, the combination of their two strikers, right? Who have been brilliant. They have a rest. Two... Two forward men come in for this game against Oldham. Yes. Okay, Oldham are a poor side. Everyone knows that. But they come in, they score six goals between them. Probably should have had more. And it's a job done at 7 at home. It's, it's, it's all you could have asked for because when you're, I think, I personally think when you're in this kind of position that Brentford are in and you've got an opportunity here to play a team who aren't as good as you at home and you bring players in that are knocking on the door of the first team and you say, what can they show me? What, what can they do to try and convince me they should be playing? And, and I think you find a lot out about your squad because a lot of players presumably would be like, oh, fuck this. Oh, yeah, great. I've got to play in the Carabao Cup or whatever. I don't get to play in the Premier League. Or some of them really take the opportunity. And Brentford, you know, you've still got to win. Brentford looked really, really good. And, they, and you know, needless to say, because they won 7-0. But the players' attitude, I thought, was absolutely first class. I really yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great stuff in Brentford. We should say a bit about Oldham, probably, since we've got a moment. Because um, they've been having a bit of a tough time, the Oldham fans. They've been protesting against Abdullah Lemsigam's running of the club. There was 500 of their fans at a protest before Saturday's game against Hartlepool. They've obviously had all of these managers. We remember the hallowed days when Paul Scholes was in charge at Oldham Athletic. Um, and then there's been this bizarre thing about the... Season ticket holders not being allowed to buy tickets to various things. I don't know if you were. I don't know if you were following all this, but they they couldn't buy tickets on the day against Hartlepool. They banned alcohol in the stadium. I don't really know what that's about. Trying to get fans not to show up to games. It seems like. Yeah, I've, speaking to people around it, it sounds a little bit like they learned this from Blackpool's plight. And they realise that, right, if no fans are in the, in the stadium, they can't protest us in a way. Mm. Jesus. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's really, really despicable. I mean, you you kind of sense something was up with the Skulls appointment. Kuehl, yeah. um, you know, he, he has he, he does want to be a coach, does want to be a manager. So it seemed a bit more authentic. But, yeah, it's quite... Um, and also, like, to be fair, I think the, the worrying thing about the Skulls thing, as it turned out, was the fact that, how can you attract someone of that stature who doesn't want to be a coach to be your manager? You've got to pay them a decent amount of money to do that. Yeah. And for even Skulls to think, oh, I can't well, be doing with this. 
that's, that's interesting because I, I thought I, I, I may be wrong. This this ownership issue has been going on for some time, and um, but I thought that um, Skulls went there because he felt such a duty to it yeah, because he definitely. loved the club so much. Because he idea. well he wanted yeah yeah, yeah that's what there, there definitely is that because he always said that he wanted to end his career at Oldham, didn't he? And, and, and it just and, didn't come to pass. And he quit because. He because apparently Lemsigan was repeatedly interfering with stuff. But I, I remember. Listen, this, apologies to Oldham fans if I can't remember the exact detail on mm. this. But I, I've, I'm pretty sure I remember Skull saying that it was an absolute disgrace. Like it, during the winter months, they weren't even paying for the heating to put the radiators on the training yeah, training yeah. season and, and, and the dressing room and stuff. So it's it's been bad for a very very long time. Like it's been really bad. So for all the stuff you said, I said about Brentford. Of course, you know you do have to spare a thought for Oldham. Found the members of the Premier League. You know. Not that long ago in football terms, really, is it? In 1992, it's mm. not that long ago. Um, please tell me it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, Happy birthday for Monday, by and, the way, and, mate. Thanks. And it doesn't really get any, you know, you don't, a storied, historic, proud club like Oldham dropping out the Football League, you know, is an awful thing. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a really sad situation, it is. 31 days he was the boss there, remember? Mm. The the worst thing about this kind of situation as well is that when it's governed from, from the top at a club like Oldham and, and indeed a club like Blackpool, Everyone who works at the gate, everyone who works on the admin side, are people who live in the area. Who people that you know, fan, it uh, fans, community, yeah, of fans have grown up knowing. And so for them to have to, you know, there's a bit in here about them turning away OAPs at the gate, <laughs> yeah, who yeah. who they would say hello to, have a chat with every Saturday, you know, yeah. when they come in. It's a real, you know, it, it's a real community splitter. These kind of bad ownerships. I also spare a thought for Keith Curley as well. He's had some success in his management career elsewhere. I mean, he's promoted with um, Northampton Town. Uh, he's 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 done fine work elsewhere mm. and um as a as a proud kind of long standing football player and manager. I mean he's been managing since about two thousand and two. He deserves a little bit more as well, I think. Um so it's a sad situation for him too. But I do wish him all the best. I mean it's an awful, awful situation. And and you know, there needs to be some kind of fan led consortium you'd think, which still is even in modern football highly possible at this kind of level. The other thing Oldham suffer from of course is they've got a huge amount of very, very big clubs on their doorstep. Around you know all all around the place, yeah. Um, and you know the same way that you know it feels to me your teams like Blackburn and Stockport and Oldham they feel particularly vulnerable because the the, the teams that are around them that are successful are hugely almost like rapacious and all the fans, all the young fans they pick up, all the profile they have, the media presence, everything. It's very very difficult for that amount of clubs to be in such a small area. Yeah, it's a worrying situation, and we're thinking of you guys, Oldham mm. fans, yeah, for sure. And uh, and. Clearly, Keith Gold does think there's something he can do there, but it just seems as though he's meeting with uh, problems left, right and centre. All right, we'll get to some uh, Premier League scalps in the second half after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
HelloFresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. This week, there's been loads going on across Stack. Over on the Luke and Pete show, I'm telling Luke about why my hairstyle has been bothering children. Then she says, why have you got your hair like that? Yeah. Why have you got your uh, hair in a ponytail? We've been told that we're not to talk to men who have ponytails. <laughs> Good parents. And the, yeah, but that wasn't the parents. They didn't say that. Right. She'd just been told at school or something never to trust a man with a ponytail. <laughs> Meanwhile, the book club is back with a cracker on Football Ramble Presents. Kate and Jim were joined by Simon Cooper to talk about his new book, Delving into the Heart of Barcelona Football Club and what its legends were really like. Johan Krev, in, in my humble opinion, he's the kind of Freud or Marx or Einstein of football. He invented modern football, but he was also a lunatic. Krev was a guy who walks into a room and says, you're doing it all wrong, you should do, it. You should do what I say. Listen to the Luke and Pete Show and Football Ramble Presents every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Palmeiras are in the green. They're known as Vidal, the big green. And Tigres, well, he might have worked it out. They are the Tigers. You're a tiger! (laughs) They are the Tigers. I don't know. (laughs) The answer is I just don't know. (laughs) Welcome back to the Football Ramble, I think. (laughs) Uh, Now it's Wednesday, so it's time for Pep Talk. We are so, so happy. We're so happy. We are so happy. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy for that. We are so happy. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. (laughs) Sit down! Nobody talk! Sit down! Please! Drink wine and relax! (laughs) Sorry. So good. (laughs) Bringing my ukulele next. (laughs) Can I say, uh, before I get to the first pep talk, um, that um, I don't think we mentioned this in the first half, but we should. While we're on the subject of Pep, he had a, he had a word for Adebayo Ekinfemi. He had a, spared a sentence for him. Oh he no! Said, <laughs> it, listen to this. If every weekend they could play against this legendary striker, that would be the best development for these players. Wow! He, go. just, he goes so over the top with his phrase, doesn't he? I, I quite like it. So do I. But you just love his disingenuous. Unbelievable. 
Liverpool. Um, Charlie we cannot Bishop. replace him. We cannot. <laughs> Charlie Bishop's been touched. Charlie Bishop wants a uh, wants a pep talk. He wants a, wants some advice. He says, "Hi, Ramblers, long time listener, first time emailer." Um, to me, people always say that, but to me, I just think lazy listener. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> not bothered. Have you given us five stars? Yeah, not bothered. Um, Charlie says, I'm emailing about a conundrum I have. My name is Charles Bishop. Uh, Accrington Stanley play with a front two with the separate names Charles and Bishop. Brilliant. Today, Charles got swapped with a different striker, Malcolm. The thing is, my dad's name is Malcolm Bishop. <laughs> this is like Inception. It's like a football... It's like, stay with me here. I've read this a few times. <laughs> stay to. with me here. Therefore, we have two generations of Ac- Accrington-Stanley strike partnerships in the family. Accrington's fourth striker mm. is a loney from my personal club, Burnley, and his name is Joel Mumbongo. Therefore, my problem is now that I have to convince my girlfriend to let us call our firstborn child Mumbongo Bishop. Do you think this is manageable? And if, if so, how would I go about suggesting it? I mean... Case closed, Charlie. I think you've solved that. If you have a boy, just call him Joel. Surely you can just call him Joel. Why does that work? Well, it's a forename rather than a surname, but it would still be linking through, wouldn't it? Charles and Bishop, and he's going for surnames. Yeah. But if saying you could just flip it and do forenames, just do Joel instead. Well, Joel uh, Bishop. It kind of works. If you're I not... think you've screwed him over there because you've just. I think this is a good email that explains why his child must be called Mbongo Bishop, and you've just. I would love, love the part. I would love him to just be called Mbongo. Show but he your sounds... wife the email. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Have this conversation yeah. with your wife. Yeah. yeah. Well, he told his wife it's his girlfriend. Yeah. So presumably they haven't got a kid on the way, or oh, he's yeah. about, or you know, they're about to try for kids. I reckon play that we might have to play a long game with this. You've yeah. got to take her to games and get her, you know, infatuated Into with it. Joel and Bongo, and then. Well, listen. I think if he's if he's listened to our show for that long, and he's, this is the only first time he's emailed, he's a lazy man. I think it's quite presumptuous that his his girlfriend may not want our children with it, children with him anyway. You think laziness is a? I'm just saying that I'm, he could lie down. Charlie may not be. <laughs> <laughs> True, actually, it is physically possible. I was thinking more of the kind of, you know, the the life partner angle. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I'll ask your wife about that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I reckon, I reckon that's like, you've got to get her into Mumbungo. <laughs> no, you've got. To, she has to become a so, fan of Joel Mumbungo. Okay. Sometimes and, when jo- when Vish says stuff, I think to myself, that's definitely going to be used for a jingle later down the line. <laughs> get her into Mumbungo. <laughs> My goodness me. Standing by it. Yeah. yeah. Be careful not to get her too into Mumbungo. Yeah. I hope that helps, Charlie. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> An email from Pete Marvin in California. Great, great. Worldwide listenership, more like it. I know, yeah. See, so he, he's just emailed in. He might have just come across that, actually. So well yeah. done, Pete Marvin. First episode he's listened to, email straight away. <laughs> Motivated, <laughs> proactive better. listeners, yeah. I'm like that lazy bastard, the idiot. <laughs> Pete Marvin won't be lying down. I'm in need of some expert <laughs> advice. I love football. I watch all the time. I coach. And most people seem to think I'm an expert. But here's the catch. I get most of my football knowledge from you guys. I mean, that is a massive catch. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. don't do that, mate. I do that, and I do it professionally. (laughs) (laughs) So if my friends ask me a question about football, I can gladly give them esoteric knowledge on Diego or Sven. I I can also let them know what to do if a neighbour has a fruit tree growing in their (laughs) shared fence, or even which goal movie is the best. 
but I struggle with actual football terms. Mm. So I'm asking, what phrases should I use to sound like a real football pervert? Football yeah. pervert, for starters, yeah. will prove good your, your creds. Yeah, so, maybe not when you're coaching, because presumably you're coaching kids. Don't yeah. refer to yourself as a friend, pervert yeah. around them. So friend of the show, Shane Todd, who's a Northern Irish comedian, great guy. Uh, he's got a line where he says, um, because he's Northern Irish, people always ask him about politics, but he doesn't really know what to yeah. say. So what he does, and he says it works every time, is he just takes a long breath and goes, it's absolutely fucked. <laughs> and, and no one says anything after that. So maybe you could just go something along those lines, a really hard definitive statement after a long side that shows you're really intense and you've thought about it a lot and no one will ask you again. Yeah. I yeah. just like say a formation. Just like... Well, it's, listen, it's 4-4-2. Four, four, yeah, and... and, and uh, four, two, three, one. And be, um, our friend Ben as well also used to say that Ray Parler's broadcasting career for quite a while was he would just list great Arsenal players and then say the stadium. So he would, so he would, go, he would go, well, you know, it was Martin Keown, wasn't it? It was Tony Adams. It was, you know, it was Steve Bold. It was Boldy. You know, it's the Emirates. <laughs> For every single answer. So you could probably do that as well. I think that's a disservice to Ray, by the way. I'm, not, I, I'm, I'm saying Ray's great by me, but I'm, that's what people would observe from Ray's output sometimes. There, there's, a, um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, ex-Manchester United players do that. It's like, come on, this is Manchester United. Yeah, that's all you need to say. Yeah. You need Manchester to say. United. Yeah. Actually, their manager quite often does that. Yeah. I wonder where they're Half time. Come on, lads. So, is... so we're saying to Pete, then, big, bold statements um, of really well-known things in football. So just go, bang. It's Old Trafford, isn't it? And that's it. Or, yeah, nice. or I think if the issue is that you don't always want to be on per se, where you're, you know, you have to be this fountain of knowledge, bore the shit out of people. It's good. Oh, but, take it, but that requires take quite a lot of technical details. I feel seen. I feel absolutely seen. <laughs> but, but, but take it so far yeah, that people think... he can edit out his life, can he? Just in life. <laughs> <laughs> if you take it so far, people aren't going to ask you. Like, no, don't, don't ask him about the football. Because remember last time and he just wouldn't stop talking about it. <laughs> yeah, okay, right. yeah, exactly. just here for a pint. We're just going to watch the game. We're going to go. This yeah. is actually way better. I was going to suggest using foreign terms. Just throwing in a whole load of foreign terms. Good like, right, some right, of the stuff in... Trek Artista, isn't it? Register. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or even just being like, like some of the stuff from Simon Cooper's book about Barcelona. Yes, of course you can listen to it on exactly. the book club. Thank you. Yeah. Um, saucy. You thought that was boring. You thought it was boring, did you? And you thought, "Come on, look at this Simon out." Yeah. Hurry up. What? You thought these terms that he made they made his no. Made this is a boring. separate point. I so, think so if you advice, your advice to a man who feels like he doesn't know enough about football. <laughs> is to follow one of the most learned brains on football ever. And what a terrible piece of advice. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I, said, I really want to be a surgeon. We'll just do what he does. <laughs> More to no, it than that. I'm not saying you've got to read it. I'm not even saying you've got to listen to the episode. Although, do listen to the episode if you want to. I'm saying just drop in little little Catalan terms. Oh, I see what you mean. Mm. Yeah, okay. and then you can sound like you've got a bit Pep's more done? heritage. Is that what Pep's done? That's what they all, you know, that's what they all do. Because are you really a Barcelona supporter if you don't live in Barcelona and speak mm. Catalan? There we go. Discuss. Yeah, I, I find it very uh, unsettling, this modern phenomenon of people professing to support a team in a completely different country and being really passionate about it. Oh. Look, we can all complain and moan about how, like, we talked about Oldham in the first half, how they're in, on, on their, you know, on their, on their, um, Uppers? on their arse, <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> well, is that because people aren't supporting them? Yes, it is. Partly. Yeah. Partly. Yeah. Partly. Yeah. So, All right, so maybe support a really esoteric team. That's how you do it. Yeah. We solved it. If you yeah. want us to solve anything else as brilliantly as we just did that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> then send in an email to us, show at footballramble.com. Tweet us at footballramble. We'll solve it every Wednesday with Pep. Do you want to hear the jingle again or no? Yeah, go on. Yeah, why not? All right, then. 
We are so, so happy. We're so happy. We are so happy. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy for that. We are so happy. I'm so happy, believe me. I'm so happy. I think we should leave it with the happiness, actually. Yeah. That's the get out. Cut it before That's we go bit, sad. Before enough, we yeah. go sad. Yeah. That's the solution to what we've just done. Is that done. what you do with films? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. Stop actually. it. Or if it's too horrible and scary, I, what I've learned is I can listen to it with the director's cut, you know, when the director talks over Oh, the other commentary. That's a really good idea. So then, like, for example, is it Blood Diamond? Where There's one where they chop off kids hands and I can oh, so, but it takes you out of the takes in, you out of the conceit okay, exactly I get it. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good tip thank you yeah. although maybe just toughen up a bit yeah, the, other, the, other, the, other, the other tip would be presumably just grow up yes mm. yeah. let's get on to this Premier League scalp section then shall we Everton knocked out of the Carabao Cup 8-7 on penalties by QPR 2-2 the final score there some some lovely stuff some great build up especially to that first Charlie Austin goal I thought and Chris Willick little shimmy Mm. He's the older Willick brother, I learn. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he yeah. is. He's not mentioned as much, is he? Well, he, he was at the start, as in, you know, when he came through at Arsenal, because he was yeah. one of the. Yeah, the but your brother ones. goes to Newcastle, and you are going to be a sideshow to that. Yeah. Bigger, bigger sideshow. That's true. When they, yeah. We, yeah, when they meet up again for Christmas, they're like, tell us everything what's going on <laughs> at that shit show. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mad up there, isn't it? What are they yeah. doing? Yeah. yeah, you don't need football skills, you need anecdotes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Especially at Christmas. Yeah. Um, I. I Found a lot of love for well, I, I kind of rekindled my love for QPR because I used to go to Loftus Road when I was at school because I went to school in the area and a few of my mates had family season tickets and stuff like that. And they would always kind of hate the cup competitions because they never do particularly well. Yeah, so yesterday I thought like the, just the atmosphere at Loftus Road and also the numbers that Everton brought down I thought were pr- pretty impressive as well. I think there was 13,000 there in total. Yeah, well, it was um, no, a great atmosphere and Charlie Austin scoring and then doing that. He does this a lot. It's, it's like he, ce- he celebrates by losing control of his legs. <laughs> so when he runs and he just flops on his back, mm. it's quite sweet. Yeah. I mean, I, I had the dubious pleasure of seeing Charlie Austin in the flesh play for QPR this season. I saw them play against Barnsley where they went 2-0 down and they came back and drew 2 all. And Austin, I, th- I think Austin might have even scored the equaliser. And um, I couldn't believe, and I know this, I'm, taking, you know, I'm saying this you know, under advice because clearly I'm not a professional athlete myself. He doesn't look in very good shape to me. And I, I, yeah, and I can't believe that he's managed to score two goals against Premier League opposition last night. But fair enough, he has, and you know, good on him. But the the this real standout player at QPR at the moment, from what I've seen, is Elias Chair, yeah, the playmaker mm. there. Um, I think he's, I think he's, I think he's Moroccan, isn't he? He he looks he against Barnsley, he looked amazing. He's got a brilliant goal all over the place. Got a bit of the um, the Adal Tarat about him. Very very exciting player to watch. And I think they've got a real gem there at QPR. Um, and I think he put on one of the goals for Charlie Austin last night as well before being substituted off. The penalty shootout, by the way, the standard of the penalties was amazing. Unbelievable. Absolutely amazing. What a thoroughly enjoyable penalty shootout. It warms the heart because you know, when you see players who, to a, to a large extent, you know, or, or, on occasion, aren't even making the first team, mm. taking penalties like that, you think, we're doing fine in England. This is great. We used to be shit at penalties. The best players in England couldn't score penalties 20 years ago. Now everyone can. We might need to, yeah. I mean, now I'm just thinking back to the Euro final. Don't. Why have you done that? Why have you both done that? So let's do it. Sonny Deng scored, um, scored, saved the penalty, didn't he? The sixth one. I couldn't see what was wrong with that. He was off his line. He was off his line. He He didn't seem to move at all. He saved in the middle of his goal. But he he set up. It's weird. Yeah, he set up off his line. Yeah. Idiot. That's so silly. But to come back and then save the, what would it have been then? The eighth. He saved the eighth penalty. Yeah. After that, only two mm. penalties previously. I thought that was very impressive. I thought and it was more likes... impressive that Godfrey scored the retake. Yeah, really? 
Yeah, free definitely. Hit. He's already been through the. the no, drama. but because you've got to put it a different way, then, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Or do you? Or do you? Exactly. <laughs> That's the mind games, mate. But day at the end, he, he before he celebrated the second time, he looked over at the referee, went. That right? one. Yeah, Is that, that right? Oh, right I said, don't push your luck, young man. <laughs> it's a booking for you. Have if you I ever thought about going into refereeing? I want to find an infringement. I will. <laughs> uh, no, I haven't. No, <laughs> unfit. Can't be bothered. People don't respect me. Next. Loves a vendetta, though. Do actually hold a grudge. Do and, you hold a grudge? And, and that's, looks, not, that's not what you're supposed to have as a rep, is it? No, and looks great in shorts. So you know, I'd look poor in shorts. Actually, very, very poor. I'm not were you, taking any. Were you, you're, you're, you're a distance runner, and they always say referees run in diagonals, don't they? They do, yeah. Like I'm, bishops. I'm by no measure, a distance runner. Particularly <laughs> not these days, and not wherever wherever I go, it takes me a long time to get there as well. So uh, <laughs> I, I would rule me out of this if I were you. <laughs> Um, also, also getting knocked out. Watford. They were beaten three one by Stoke. Twenty six shots for Watford, uh, but yep, they're knocked out. And, and actually, to be honest, you know, I know we spoke a lot about Everton yesterday. This could have been something that they would. This would have been a good thing for Rafa. You cursed Everton again, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I think the yeah. big, you know, big opportunity potentially. Anyway, whatever. But we, we mentioned yesterday of the injuries that they had and the fact that they, you know, were relying on on some youngsters who hadn't seen much game time over the last yeah. year. And obviously, the, the the problem that emanated from last night to me is the fact that I think Lucas Dini has done his ankle again. Mm. Certainly, he was um, right. he was taken off for his for an ankle injury. Right. I, obviously, we'll find more about that in the next couple of days. Yeah. But um, yeah, not ideal. Thoroughly enjoyable night of Carabao Cup action. Less enjoyable, I think, is this. Uh, we want to have a quick word about Hungary and the, the fine that they've received uh, as a result of that racist behaviour that they exhibited in their uh, game against England in September. They've been fined £158,000. They have to play one match behind closed doors. That's right. One match. I just paused there because yeah. I'd read it already, but I was just double checking. One Seems like a lot, doesn't it, in the grand scheme of matches? Yeah, that'll learn them. <laughs> Won't be doing well, that and again. Should be added also that they're already effectively on remand for that kind of behaviour before when they did that again because the gate they were already due a ban when they had fans in for the game. It's the UEFA FIFA conflict, yeah. though. It's or yeah. it's the oh yeah, but your thing doesn't really apply yeah. to our thing, and it'll probably be completely different in this very similar setup. I don't think that problem is insurmountable. <laughs> Yeah. I think with all the all the uh, wherewithal and all the money and all the clever people in football, of which there probably aren't enough, to be fair, um, I'm pretty sure they can solve that problem. Why so, don't you use this problem-solving brain on the pep talk section? Jesus. No, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I'm not saying I, it should be me doing it. So they've they've been refer- similarly reprimanded for the qualifiers for the 2014 World Cup, Euro 2016, and mm. now and now this. Yeah, exactly. It's not making a difference, is it? No. I mean, they don't give a shit. And well, I, every time it happens, like one of their kind of political figures comes out and is like, it's a disgrace that we've been banned from having fans in the stadium. So it's yeah. not really people working together, it doesn't but, feel like. No, and I, th- I think that's a really valid point. But I also think that actually, if you want to, if you, so they've got to phrase this rightly. FIFA and UEFA's responsibility is to stop this happening in football, right? It's, FIFA's, it's not FIFA's overarching responsibility to stop racism in Hungary. That's for the Hungarian people. Now, they, they, now listen, they, they, these things do cross over, but FIFA can only control the things that they, they should be controlling and they are not controlling them. Right. So I think you can put to one side a political figure in Hungary, whoever they may be saying that stuff. You go, okay, well, you're an idiot, but, that, but you have no jurisdiction in football. So forget it. What needs to happen, is, as Vish has alluded to, I don't put words in your mouth, Vish, but my take based on what you said, they just need to be kicked out of tournaments. It's not difficult. The, the, the world of football is not going to be worse off because Hungary, with the greatest respect to them, miss a World Cup. If, 
No, Hungary might miss a World Cup anyway because they might not qualify. That's the nature of a qualification for a tournament. Not every country will be there. You'll go to big tournaments where Italy won't be there or, dare I say, England won't be there. That's the nature of these tournaments. Don't let them go to it. You've got to give them things that actually hurt them. Yeah. You, don't, you can't give them shit like they've just given them after what Vicious said about their history and then put a statement out saying FIFA is clear in its zero tolerance <laughs> stance against... It's, you're not, it's not. It's, you're not. You're not zero tolerance. This is the opposite of zero tolerance. Yeah. This is quite a lot of tolerance. tolerance. <laughs> Too much tolerance than is needed. Yeah. And everyone can agree on that. So... The fine thing is a little bit different because I think the financial stuff is, is quite skewed in football anyway. So I don't really know necessarily what you make of the fine and whether it really hurts them or not. I just don't feel like I'd be qualified to say that. Do you mean because of international as opposed to domestic well, football? And how I don't the, know how much the, money Hunger and the, FA have got. I mean, the might, pockets yeah. are much different. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think, for example, I know no one's specifically saying this, but I don't think, for example, because, you know, um, you know a, a big player earns 300 grand a week, that that's not a big fine for the Hunger and FA. I have no idea about their finances. No idea. But ultimately, you need to hit them where it hurts. It's not going to matter to um, the head of the Hungarian FA or a particular coach who's exhibited racist behaviour or any fans. They, it's not their money. They don't care. If, if you're a leader of some ultras group in Hungary and your FA has been fined 158 grand, what do you care? Yeah. You don't. What you do care about is not going to watch your team. So make that happen until they stop it and then tentatively bring them back, give them a trial to come back. Um, and say, look, here's, you know, you're on remand or whatever. Here's a chance for you to fucking put it right after a certain amount of time. Don't let the team play. If the players are punished because of the fans' behaviour, which is massive precedent before in this country in the 80s and the 90s, then that will make it change. You'd think it's a much better chance of making it change than all this nonsense that's going on at the moment. Yeah. Sorry for the rant, by the way. No, no, no. no Look more yeah, for yeah. the FIFA committee. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into this. I thought it was. I'm definitely athletic enough for the FIFA committee. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we've seen a couple of times where um, people involved in Hungarian football have come out and and talked about this. Like Peter Galashi, the goalkeeper, has been quite vocal on yeah. On and this he kind had of his armband, didn't he? Uh, the yeah, the rainbow, rainbow. armband. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I mean, Luke's absolutely spot. I've got nothing more to add to that beyond yeah, it's take take the football away from them and and we'll go from there. Yeah. All right. Well, for the first time ever, I think we may have solved a problem. Well, well I don't think I, I don't. Look, the football community doesn't owe hungry football. Not, we don't owe them a living. You know, if they're going to be a part of this, they need to behave in the way that's acceptable. And if they're not, it's perfectly legitimate for people to take it from them. You don't. You know, it's not a god-given right to be a part of a FIFA or UEFA competition. You have to satisfy certain criteria, and some of the criteria are absolute bullshit. One of them should be you shouldn't be racist. It's not difficult. Stop them. It's as simple as that. There's no more overwrought fucking overthinking needed it's racist stop doing it these people are at work stop racially abusing people at work and then when you stop it we'll talk about letting you back it's no different anywhere else in the world I don't know why football thinks it's so special it's mad to me more football tonight guys Carabao Cup more delicious Carabao Cup action for you Manchester United against West Ham again if you didn't get enough of it the first time round did you? I know that's a great fixture isn't it? May not West Ham fish is a great fixture. Yeah, you know, we're talking about Manchester United. <laughs> Stop doing oh, it. I think giving you a license to be a Ray Parler. <laughs> yeah, this is um this will be good. I like uh, Presumably Lingard's Lingard's gonna start, don't imagine. Presumably say that again, he is. Yeah, yeah. presumably he is, yeah. Because uh, you know, obviously Gary Neville's come out and said he he should have left, basically. And I'm I'm kind of inclined to agree. Although Lingard's in uh, Lingard's one of those players who's in a quite a unique situation where if it was like from the Neville point of view, he's 28 and he's regular football and stuff like that. But then 
you do get a lot of these bit part players at bigger clubs who, um, you know, we often accuse these clubs of stockpiling players. Mm. There are two people in that agreement, really, and there's a player who actually thinks, you know, I want to be aligned to a club, which gives me a certain level of status that obviously comes with a certain level of money as well. And you also, you know, from a personal point of view, Lingard grew up a Manchester United player. He's clearly a Manchester United fan. He um, is very close to his family in the area. So the club and the city have a, have, a, have a big hold on him. I'm kind of, I would have been sad if he left and I would have understood it. And then I also enjoy the moments where he comes on and does that. So I'm in, a, I feel like I'm in a weird bind here where I'm like, it's going to be sad to see him go. He absolutely isn't a starter for Manchester United. And at times I feel like it's in the same way that if United sacked Fred the Red, I'd be a bit upset. But, right. you know, that's patronising. No, but it's it's you know someone who has who has like direct affinity to your club, which when you're a you know when you're a club like Manchester United or Manchester City or, or Chelsea, that can be quite hard to come by because you the more football goes on at this top level, the less it you know the less in touch it is with its community I mean, fundamentally. Yeah. And for, to have someone like Lingard who is a, an embodiment of that, along with Marcus Rashford, is quite a cool thing, I think. Yeah, it's far more tempting to these days to see a player like Lingard go to West Ham on loan and think of it in the modern, what I would call the modern term, where you go, oh, well, maybe you'll get a permanent move yeah, to West Ham. Yeah. Loans never used to be like that. They used to be go and find your form, go and get a bit of experience somewhere else if you're a bit younger and kind of play your way back in. Uh, and that's no disrespect to West Ham. And what Lingard was able to do was, was actually answer a question that had been dogging him for a very long time, which is what numbers is he posting? And the answer would normally be not many. Mm. And, and actually, he's a senior pro of age now. So... What's he doing? Um, I think he's achieved that. And I think there's absolutely no question or case to answer on his part of him wanting to play his way back into the Man United team because he, if he exhibits the form he exhibited at West Ham, he's got a role to play at Man United because they'll have different fronts to be opened up and different competitions to play in. I, I expect he will play tonight and I expect he will be motivated to do well against West Ham. And I don't think necessarily people should be surprised that he's not gone to West Ham permanently because loan moves aren't always about that. What I was going to ask, though, Vish, actually, really fascinating, because it's the first time I've been on the show with you since I wanted to ask this question, what you make of um, Jaden Sancho's start to Manchester United? Because it's, I think that's been very, very underspoken about, given what's everything else that's gone on. Not just with the Ronaldo thing, but also with the Lingard thing. People are, have got a happy narrative they can talk about all day long there. And Sancho's kind of start has gone a bit under the radar. Yeah, he's been... He'll play tonight, for example. Yeah, he's been a bit um, underwhelming. Um, I think there's... You know, some mitigation in terms of, you know, working into a new system. I think if you look at how um, he was at Dortmund, he was one of the main creative forces. Yeah. And he was, and it, the ball went through him a lot. And it doesn't necessarily go through him a lot at Manchester United and certainly doesn't have as much time in build-ups as he did at Dortmund. You know, United are very much a counter-attacking side, so much so that they decide to get rid of their midfield so that people attack them so that they can then be counter-attacked. Um, yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been a really interesting because he looks like he's short of a bit of confidence as well. There are a couple of times he gets caught on the ball. I yeah. think the one thing that I know is certainly in the way that people approach him and how they approached him in in the Bundesliga was that he tends to has have less space. He um, has less opportunity to run at people, and I think he um, he he always one of the things about when you see the highlights on on Twitter, for example, of um, of Sancho's best bits in Germany was that. You feel like he's he's motoring up a set piece here, like he, it's like there's a, a basketball element to it. like he's 
eyeing up his opponent and he's going to do them. Yeah. And he doesn't have quite have the time to do that. And at the moment, it doesn't seem like he has the belief that he thinks he can transfer over. Yeah, and, and, and you'd think, based on some of the stuff you said there, which I completely agree with about this idea that Man United are such a good away side because they're pretty good on the counter-attack. And one of the things that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has tried to install back in them is this tradition of how they used to play in those glory years and stuff. And to me, that seems perfectly tailor-made for Sancho. I know, it's, I know it's early days. I mean, he's made like five appearances and two starts, I think, in the Premier League. Um, I think um, it, just, it just seems a little bit like, is this a perfect storm? Has he come along at a time where everyone's been distracted by the Ronaldo thing? Ronaldo's now the main man. It's easy to see that if Ronaldo hadn't made that move, people would still be talking about Sancho. And would that affect him positively or would it have affected him Yeah, you can imagine it would affect yeah. him negatively. Potentially, it might be quite good to have the pressure off, but it doesn't seem to be turning out that way. So, so far. far. So far. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing him play tonight. Chelsea also hosting Aston Villa. Hey, look, you can hear us more if you want to. Mm. If you get involved with our Patreon. Yeah. Do you want some more ramble in your lives? Yes, you do. Sign up to our Patreon for access to two bonus weekly shows, ad-free episodes of all ramble shows and live streams thrown in too. Head to patreon.com slash ramble to get involved. Luke looks like he's about to sign up himself, which is lovely to I don't know. want more football content, but I think I think, <laughs> I, think, um, I, think that, I think our listeners would be insane not to do it. You get ad-free shows and loads of extra content, which is, let's be absolutely fair, for a small amount of money is vastly superior and vastly different to any other football shows in podcasting, in my humble opinion. Not very humble, is it? But that is my opinion. Um, so you, it's a no-brainer to, to not go to patreon.com for slash football ramble would be insane. It would be insane and to And it'll make us it. happy as well. So, you know, weigh up whether you want to do that or I mean, not. You've got, you've got Luke. Mate, it make Kate happy. Big yeah. time. That's important to yeah. us. Well, you've got Kate Mason. You've got Luke Moore. You've got, you got the football, you've got the football <laughs> right. ramble. I'll speak Tomorrow. to him after. Let the show up. I'll speak Tomorrow, to him Tomorrow, we've got Jules Breach. We've got Andy Brassel. We've got Jim Campbell. And then there's Pete Donaldson as well. <laughs> He's not. That's not true. Peace in, peace in Tenerife. Have a bit of respect. <laughs> Trying to get some peace and quiet. <laughs> That's not true. Forget Pete Donaldson. He's not on tomorrow, but you'll be here, listeners. We hope. Say goodbye, Luke Moore. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Vish. I just think of all the other ones as well. Goodbye. <laughs> we'll see you next time. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.